a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. We're excited about this episode. I know. Because it's Halloween-y. It's not Halloween right now when you're listening to this. Wah, wah. But this was our first ever Halloween episode. It's called Ghost Busted. It is Girls Next Door Season 1, Episode 10. It aired on October 30th, 2005. So we're going to take you back a little bit. I was just thinking, though, maybe this um, will make it for halfway to Halloween. When is that? Right? Oh, yeah. Like, like April, April 31st yeah. in April. So we're, we are halfway to Halloween. Yeah. Perfect it's our spring timing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> spring So back in 2005, Saw 2 was on top of the box office. The top song was Gold Digger by Kanye West. So we're dealing with a lot of apropos shit here. Yeah, that's for sure. So how do you feel about this episode? This is probably my favorite episode of the season. Is it really? Yeah, because it's just fun. It's lighthearted. I know I'm probably also going to like the last episode of the season, which is the Vegas fashion show one. But this one's just like fun and lighthearted and, you know. I feel like this one's very different than the other ones. Not that they're all not kind of fun and lighthearted and quirky, but this one's really quirky. And I feel like this one has a lot of like jokes and we're going to get to all of it, yeah. but just like some really corny stuff and they go really goofy, full out Scooby-Doo on this one. Yeah, they're not leaning so hard into the we need early 2000s reality TV drama. You right. Know, it's just kind of like fun. It's a little more sitcom-y. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I did talk about this being, in the commentary, I talk about this being my favorite episode. But then when I watched it back the first time, I was like, I don't know if it's my favorite episode. Like Not, of all time or so far? Like, well, in in commentary, like of the season. Yeah. But that was back then. And so when I rewatched it this time, I was like, I don't know if I if it's my favorite. I feel like there's not a lot there. But then I watched it again and I found like there is a lot there. You it has just, to be your favorite. It's Halloween. I know. And it's ghost hunting. So we'll get into all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. It, it has more substance than at first meets the eye. I Definitely. think is what you're trying to say. Yeah. So the first shot is the Halloween party at the mansion. And just so you guys know, obviously, since this aired right before Halloween, October 30th in 2005, all the Halloween footage is from at least one year earlier. So most of it is from Halloween 2004. Right. And we are showing the graveyard out in front of the house. Wait, can I just say? It yeah. starts on the side hill at the mansion. Yeah. And you can see how it's all lit up. And it looks so cool. So I think that's just worth noting. Because it's a split second. But it looks amazing. It's very Scooby-Doo haunted house on a hill. Yeah. And then we get to the 
tombstones that had all the Hef's friends' names and ex-girlfriends. And it was surprising to note that a lot of the like mean girl ex-girlfriends who had just moved out, like their tombstones are still there. I know. And I'm kind of surprised looking back. Like I don't remember at the time really caring about it. No. Or making it a priority or even caring about it when we watched it back in the show. No. But when I think about how horrible they were to us and the terms on which they left, which were not favorable terms, I'm shocked that Hef like left those out there or that we didn't really want to lobby to repaint those or something. Right. It's funny because I don't remember ever caring at the time either. But watching it back, I'm like, ew, why didn't we get rid of those stupid tombstones? Like those should have been like gotten rid of or at least put to the very back. Yeah. And it's not like we're saying that about any girl that Hef ever dated. It's just like the ones who were really super mean and really like made life hard and didn't leave on good terms. Like Hef wasn't even on good terms. So I'm just kind of surprised they were there but interestingly enough after we left the mansion years later our tombstones were immediately shoved to the back which is just again as we get to it you'll see so many examples of how Hef always kind of treated his exes and like former playmates and stuff a certain way but then once we left it was like we were like extra banished for some reason which was odd yeah I don't understand. I mean, I guess we'll get to that when we get to it. But the whole how it all ended and how we were treated afterwards is a whole other story. Yeah, I'm really confused by it, too. Like, I try to think, is it because Hef was extra hurt or taken by surprise or felt out of control with us leaving? Because it wasn't like him kicking us out. Or was it like the new girls were really hostile? Like, I really don't know if I'll ever know the answers. Yeah, but it was distinct. Yeah. So speaking of tombstones. The first scene. The first scene is Kendra and I making tombstones, which is notable for a couple reasons. One is the setting. Tell us a little bit about where we are. Yeah, you guys are doing it in the workshop area. So it was kind of like this area out by the security and the bird aviary and stuff. And it was kind of just like tented off. It wasn't really a room itself. And that's where they would do like a lot of the maintenance stuff and um, just like woodwork, anything that needed to be done in there, Mm -hmm. painting, like whatever, all happened underneath this little awning. And you guys are in there and I thought, oh my God, it's such a rare sighting of that area of the mansion. Like we don't, I don't even know if we ever see it again on the show, maybe. but Yeah, and a place I had completely forgotten about. Yeah, and a place that's not there anymore. Like that was all taken out. Yeah, before we get to what's there now, can I tell you this story I read in a book? It's called Dark Secrets of Playboy by Stefan Tettenbaum, who was a butler at the mansion in the 80s. Wait, what's his name? Stefan Tettenbaum, I think. Oh, hope I'm saying it right. He wrote about how when he was there, they were finishing up Hef's bedroom, like doing all the really elaborate woodwork. And if you haven't noticed on the show... All of Hef's like walls and stair railings and stuff were carved with like naked ladies in it. So they were still doing that when this guy worked at the mansion. And he tells this story about how supposedly the woodworkers were like trying to get one over on Hef. So they carved this whole scene where like the women's faces were made to look like Hef's girlfriends. And the faces of the guys that were like frolicking with these women were the faces of the employees. And supposedly like Hef saw it and threw a fit. But I... 
I have a hard time wrapping my head around it because you'd have to be such a talented woodworker. Not that they weren't talented and these things didn't look great, but you'd have to be so talented to make the faces really look like people. And I have a hard time believing that even if they did that, Hef would have immediately like recognized it as employees rather than just, oh, these are just supposed to be guys. Because like Hef was kind to his staff, but I don't know if he really gave staff a lot of mind to the point where he knew everybody by name or like knew their faces to where if he would have seen a carved wooden face of that person, he'd be like, oh, that's Alan the butler or something. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't know. Like maybe that was an exaggeration or like something he heard, but it's a funny story either way. But could you imagine the skill that you would have to have to actually make the wood carvings look like somebody specific? Yeah. To the point where they're recognizable. Yeah. I just feel like that would be really hard. Yeah. It's it's interesting. So tell us what's there now and how do you know? What is the spy ops going on? Well, I don't know. If, I don't. I um, This is what I was told. <laughs> I was told that all of that area was torn out. And the, just so you guys know, the bird aviary was actually torn out a long time ago while Hef was still there and they made it into parking. Yeah. And for those the, that don't know, the mansion was purchased by a private owner and he's doing a ton of remodeling, which of course we're just very curious about. Yeah. <laughs> so anytime I can get any information on what's going on over there, like I'm totally into it but supposedly so the bird aviary is gone that construction area is gone and he is putting in an actual garage because the mansion didn't have a car a garage like for cars (laughs) didn't have that and so he's actually putting in like a garage on the bottom and then I also heard that the gym is going to be moved there oh cool I don't know what's going to happen under where the gym is now Mm. but that there's going to be a gym there and I want to say possibly even some sort of guest room or something on top like there's going to be things on top of the garage as well and it's going to be made obviously kind of in the same style Mm -hmm. of the house and everything else so that's what I heard is going on there that's exciting I'm happy for that property yeah yeah I feel feel like it's turning into a home I like that I'm happy if I can go (laughs) back and see it so you guys are underneath this area, this construction area. And, and we're guys... painting new tombstones, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me that I'm painting new tombstones rather than painting over the X's. But I guess I just wasn't focused on that. But the other interesting thing about this scene is Kendra and I were really having fun and getting along. Yeah. Because we're still, you know, season one, we're still all getting along. It's us against the world. And you'll see even later in this episode, Kendra is clearly not into what anything we're doing like clearly bored by it not into it thinks it's dumb but she's being a good sport and she's willing to participate and she's like whatever Bridget wants to do would this change over the seasons yeah season two is going to be kind of different but just so you guys know everything was so great between the three of us in season one like everybody was supportive everybody was just showing up and you know doing their job and supporting each other and I felt like we were really having fun making these tombstones yeah it looked like it and we were making tombstones for the girls who had just moved in across the street to the Playmate house. So Tiffany, Carmela, Kara, and Jillian. We and came Destiny. Up, and Destiny, yeah. We came up with Jillian Grace shot in the face, which could be could be like a murder, could be sexual. Her mom told me she wasn't really crazy about that slogan, yeah. which I don't really blame her. But <laughs> I would love to get in touch with Jillian and interview her because she has a whole wild story about how she was like discovered on the Howard Stern show. Yeah, I remember. I tried to look her up, but I can't find her on social. Like all her accounts are old. Yeah, I have her on Twitter, but it's really old. Like, yeah, like she hasn't, hasn't tweeted in like no. 10 years. Yeah. 
Do you remember what everybody else's was? Cara Monaco, Tiffany Fallon. Cara Monaco was like Miss June died too soon. And oh, yeah. Tiffany's was like Southern Belle gone to hell. I don't remember Carmela's. And then Destiny's we were trying to come up with. And because Kendra called Destiny her partner in crime, PIC, it was PIC to RIP to VIP to RIP. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my favorite tombstones, I think. You know what this scene reminded me of? Because Kendra and I are really being very silly and kind of seem like we're high in this scene. At least I think so. <laughs> yeah. Is people used to, like fans of the show would ask that and still do all the time if we were like high all the time or if like Kendra was high all the time. And I don't think so. I mean, I think particularly, and I'm not singling Kendra out to like, you know, poke at her or anything. It's just people ask that a lot because sometimes she looks tired in her interviews. But I think that was just because she slept in and just rolled out of bed and stuff like that. Yeah. Because we would like smoke weed in Hef's room when we like came back from the clubs and stuff, but I never like smelled it anywhere else in the house. And like, I feel like edibles weren't that much of a thing. Like I know. There were some, cause I remember her dogs got into the chocolate weed bars sometimes. Yeah. So there were some edibles, but it wasn't like it is now. Like, you mm-hmm. know, edibles, like all kinds of good stuff. But um, yeah, it wasn't legal back then. It wasn't like you could just go get it anywhere. Right. You had to have somebody like bake you brownies or something. Exactly. <laughs> somebody used to do chocolate chip cookies all the time yeah. with it in there. I don't yeah. feel like we were high on screen a but, lot, but I, I feel like it looks like it. I can see why people think that. But I don't recall Kendra ever being high, like shooting scenes. Not that I knew of. Yeah, not that I could tell. Or seemed, any of us. Seemed pretty normal. Yeah. Definitely not you or I. Yeah. Yeah, that's just our conclusion with that. But but I was watching the scene and I'm like, well, I can see why people ask that sometimes because we're just just so silly. Yeah, and just kind of leaning into like, we know people want to see like a dumb blonde moment. So it's just like, oh, what should we write on this? But I don't even feel like it was a dumb blonde moment. I feel like it was just giggly and having fun. And I think anytime girls are too giggly or too goofy, then, you know. That's true. Then they're a dumb blonde or they're high or something. That's true. Like you can't just have a good time and have fun and enjoy life. We were high on laughter. High on life. <laughs> And then the next scene, they're showing scenes from the Halloween party, which, like you said at the beginning, was actually yeah, from most the likely before. the year before. And um, it was the Paint of Ladies is the first thing they show. Yes, which we see somebody dressed up in, like, the rhinestone showgirl outfit. I forget what else, but... We're going to hear a little bit more from a painted lady in the coming weeks. And she has some amazing stories. Yes. So very excited about that. And then they showed James Caan. Yeah, that's another thing from that uh, Playboy Butler book is he said back in the day, James Caan used to live at the mansion off and on. He was like in bedroom two. And he said that the reason Hef loved having him around was James Caan, I guess, was kind of an asshole. So like Hef always looked like the good guy compared to him. Like the girls would always think Hef was like so sweet and such a gentleman because James was just kind of a blatant dick. Wow. (laughs) I can kind of see that being true. I can kind of see it too. Then it has you in interview saying Halloween is a major deal at the mansion. It's one of Hef's favorite holidays. And I was thinking, why do you think he liked Halloween so much? Well, he grew up loving spooky stuff. And when I say loving spooky stuff and horror movies, I mean the original horror movies. Like we're talking <laughs> Bela Lugosi as Dracula, Boris Karloff as Frankenstein, like early, early, early shit. Yeah. So he grew up loving that, thinking it was fun. Like he had a little mystery club with his friends called the Shutter Club. So he loved that kind of, you know, spooky stuff. But also I think because 
Halloween, even though it was kind of just starting to turn into an adult holiday in the 2000s, it's a holiday you can really make adult and run with it. Like there's no sappy aspect to Halloween. Like there's no like, you know, Christmas, there's always kind of like the religious aspect Mm -hmm. and the family aspect. And Halloween is just so not sappy. Yeah. That I think that probably appealed to him. Not that he didn't have a sappy side. Oh. But I think he loved things that could totally be divorced from like religion or family and things like that yeah yeah I know um the speaking of the shutter club too I feel like that was something that I was like so interested in that he had that when he was younger and I was like I want to be a member of the shutter club and he told me that it was like all spooky stories and stuff and I'm like I'm into that and I found in my scrapbooks recently um a thing where it's like it says the shutter club and he like put that I was an honorary member and signed it and I was like I am a member of the shutter club and didn't he like used to draw a skull on shutter club things yeah so the skull I also saw him draw that on like videotapes because he would have these videotapes that the video department would tape of like press clippings and if there was an interview that pissed him off or he hated he'd draw the skull on it (gasps) really yeah like one time one of his ex-girlfriends went on Howard Stern and said that she never slept with half and that none of them slept with half and stuff like that and he was pissed and he drew a skull it got a skull yeah it got a skull rating (laughs) so Heff dressed up as the devil for the first time in 2004 which was my idea excited an angel outfit and I just thought well this is easy no he just wore like the red smoking jacket and then you could like glue the horns on his head which was always nerve-wracking because Hef had zero patience so I'm gluing these things on with like the spirit glue and I'm like okay just don't move for like a minute and you're like counting down the minute like <laughs> praying it passes fast before he gets pissed off I remember walking in and you're doing that and him getting like moving and like they wouldn't yeah. stick and you get it so pissed off and I was just yeah. like I don't want to be in here for all of this <laughs> and then we have a Kevin Burns sighting yes so Kevin Burns the executive producer you can see him in this show a few times but it's always in costume at a, at a Halloween party and he's dressed up as Grandpa Munster and it's an amazing costume yeah and he came with like a whole group of friends who are all dressed as the Munsters and like the real Munster coach right that's what I was just gonna yeah, add it was the elaborate Munster car they rolled up in What do you think about what he says when he rolls up? Well, I wrote in my thing, it's so eerie because he says to camera, I haven't had this much fun since the last time I died. And I just thought, and I know he's playing a part of Grandpa Munster. And that's kind of like that Munster's humor. But still, it like kind of gave me a chill. It's eerie watching it now because he's no longer with us. Yeah. And I swear I can envision him in the spirit world fucking belly laughing right now like listening to this conversation <laughs> like I just can't get that out of my head you know what I can picture it too like He's I feel it dying right now for the second time <laughs> dying of laughter and um, then the tits out ladies wait they show Paris Hilton because yeah. I gotta get the Paris Hilton signing in there yeah. <laughs> and then yeah I say it's the biggest and best Halloween party in the world which I still stand by that yeah. it really was for sure but as I say that 
some bouncing tits go across the screen. As I say biggest, they zoom in on two women with gigantic boobs. And it's crazy because we always talk about how we never signed off on having the nudity on this show. We always thought it was going to be blurred. And I feel like these women who are like flashing the camera and like jiggling their boobs around, granted there's signs when you walk into a mansion party saying you're going to be recorded for Playboy or whatever. I bet you anything they were just thinking, oh, let's get discovered for Playboy. Maybe this will be on like Playboy TV or like in Hef's private archive or whatever. I bet you anything in 2004 before the show existed, they never thought their bare tits were going to be on the Girls Next Door DVD and on Girls Next Door International. Around the world. Oh, my god never they never thought it okay then the next scene it cuts to this old super old guy (laughs) you guys super old guy and he says would you like a lamb chop yeah he's like eating dinner holding up a lamb chop yo you like a lamb chop and he's sitting there with this lady who's also very old but still looks way beautiful yeah she's gorgeous but way younger than him like this was probably a may december romance back in 1950 and who's the guy Yeah, well, I was wondering because it was bugging me because I felt like there's no way that they just placed this old guy in there who isn't somebody. He's got to be somebody. Like Kevin knows who this guy is from back in the vaudeville days. Yeah, and I'm like, but I I had no way of like figuring it out. So I'm like calling like Nick's mom. Can you watch this (laughs) clip? His aunt. Can you watch this clip? And then together we finally figured it out that it was somebody named Red buttons and he I had to look up who he was because the name sounds a little bit familiar. Wait I think he was in the Gene Harlow movie like they made a movie about Gene Harlow in the 60s. Oh really? Yeah that's just clicking for me now. Well he's an actor and comedian and he won an Oscar and a Golden Globe for a film called Sayonara. Jesus he's accomplished. Yeah. Well, you like a lamb chop? Yeah. (laughs) And at first I was freaking out because it said that he died July 13th, 2006. And I was thinking that this was 2005, October 2005. So I was like, oh my God. How would you like to be an Oscar and Golden Globe winner and the last fucking thing on your IMDb is Girls Next Door, (laughs) Ghost Busted? Would you like a lamb chop? Oh, oh no. R.I.P. We're we're just going the death route on this episode. (laughs) But then, but then I realized no this party footage is from 2004 so okay so maybe it was the second to last thing on his IMG yeah damn and then it shows the tennis court like but you don't know it's a tennis court because like I said it's completely tented off for the haunted house um we've talked about that in depth before and we're coming off of this celebrity montage including Bill Maher whose IMDB is also probably clogged up with Girls Next Door episodes yeah because Kendra talks about all the celebrities that are at the party and it shows Paris Hilton Frankie Muniz Thora Birch Bill Maher Brian Grazier yeah (laughs) like it just does this whole montage thing of them but can we talk about how there were two young popular celebrities who went through the haunted house and trashed it oh yes like even like punched one of the performers yes i'm not gonna say who it was because somebody punched one of the performers but was it punched or was it kicked I don't know, something like that. But they went through. And this haunted house is like made up of like actually really valuable movie memorabilia. And some of them are actual actors. These are real people. Yeah, it was messed up. So like, yeah, they totally trashed it. I don't even, like they destroyed some things and they hurt one of the the live actors in there. That is just crazy. So yeah, it was big drama. We're not going to say who it was, but you can guess. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear what they guess. I know, right? (laughs) 
Okay, then the next scene. Oh, wait. You, did you forget? Because I was only just reminded of this as I was going through my scrapbooks. So this haunted house footage, when you see us walking through the haunted house, like when you say the voiceover is like, oh, I've always loved spooky, scary things. That was from the press nights. Remember how we there was always a yeah. press night? So the Halloween party would be on a Saturday. And I think like the day before, Hef would invite like all the local news over. Because this was before social media. So you couldn't blast your shit that way. He'd invite all the local news over. And they would like walk through the haunted house with us. Yeah. And so they would have this, ooh, Halloween's coming at the Playboy Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> and they would show the p- f- footage from the year before of us coming down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And clips from the party. But it yeah. was every news picked that up. Yeah. It was a thing <laughs> so press night yeah press night was always the night before the halloween party so it was always on friday night so we'd do a uh, buffet dinner and a movie and then we would meet all the press outside at like 9 30 do you 10. think anybody ever fucked in the haunted house it's got to have happened yeah you guys hit us up on our comments somewhere if you ever fucked at the playboy mansion haunted house we want to know we want to hear stories but here's the thing i don't think you could have done it it would have been hard to do it during the party just because yeah. it was so populated with actors and they had it, there was this constant long line of people going through the haunted house. It was packed. But like maybe somebody was like working the grounds on an off hour and yeah. was like, let's go fuck by this disembodied rubber head. Yeah, I think it would have to be somebody <laughs> that was working on it, that was yeah. there late hours by themselves kind of thing, like a couple and they were like, hmm. Reach out. Tell us your escapades. Because we'll keep you anonymous. security was on it. Like, even when yeah. we tried to sneak in there, we got busted. Yeah, for sure. So they were on it about people not running around in there. So you would have had an excuse to be in there where nobody was going to disturb you for a minute. So the next scene, I'm redecorating my room. I feel like you redecorating your room was probably, like, the whole inspiration for Kevin even wanting to do a Halloween episode. Because he loved Halloween, but I remember, you know, they used to always do your interviews in your room and then you're like sorry decorating for Halloween and that probably started to happen because you did it late August right yeah so that probably started like in that dead zone period before we got reordered for the rest of the episodes and I think that probably threw Kevin for a loop and he probably thought well you know what we'll get one day's interview out of this we're gonna do a Halloween episode But to get a Halloween episode to air by October 30th, and we were only renewed like September 1st. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So we whipped that shit around. (laughs) For sure. Well, luckily for them, they had so much footage from years previous, too. So they had that easily to use. But um, yeah, I'm redecorating my room. And when I say I'm redecorating my room, like I redid everything. Like I put fake wallpaper on the walls. It was a complete transformation. Yeah, different sheets. I switched them from pink to like black and red and you're in my room and I'm showing you this brand new sex toy <laughs> well it's funny because re-watching it it does look like a sex toy. I'm like at first I was it looks like, like a heavy duty industrial, industrial strength fuck machine yeah I was like what the hell am I holding and then I was like oh it's my web gun so that thing shoots spider webs and makes them and I was like so excited about it I wanted to use it around the whole house and Hank was like, no way. No way. You can't use that on the whole house. Like, we'll never get that shit out. Oh, my God. That's funny. (laughs) And I never ended up using it. Oh, ever? Like, do you still have it? I still have it. It's brand new, still in the case. Break it out. Do a demonstration. But now I'm like, oh, wait. If he didn't want me using it at the mansion, I don't want to use it at my house. house. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I'm putting this giant spider up. Like, I'm up on 
Gizmo's tree, mm-hmm. putting this giant spider up. And in com- I totally did not remember where we got this spider. But in commentary, I say that we found it at some random store, like a grocery store or something, which is weird for two parts because mm-hmm. we never went to a grocery store. Yeah. So why were we in a grocery store? And secondly... It's really weird because you have to remember back in 2004 or 2005 like this, there wasn't like Halloween decorations everywhere like there is now. Yeah. Like now I wouldn't be shocked if I saw a giant spider at a grocery store. Like, but then it was was, novel. It was rare. And I just know I was like, I, we saw this at the store and I knew I had to get it. That's how rare it was. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Because I don't even think he's that cool of a spider. Like, he doesn't... I like really realistic looking shit. And he doesn't look realistic at all. Like, he's bright green and black or something. Yeah, but we were smitten enough to name him Rich. I know! We named him Rich after the guy who puts on all the Halloween parties at the mansion. Didn't you, like, set off the smoke alarm with your room? Okay, so that's what I was going to talk about (laughs) next. Because... I know I've talked a little bit about the extent I went to, but you guys don't realize like how much. Like not only the wallpaper and changing out all the bedding and all of the props and everything, but you guys, I had fog machine. I had scents. I have special effect lights. I had the music. Like I had every, like my whole thing when I do an event like that, I call my room an event, (laughs) is like try to hit all six senses. And I did that in my room and they never show it. I try Six to. senses? I try to. You can hit my paranormal sense? I try to. I in a it. Halloween room? Yes, absolutely. So here's what happened. I want to give tours to people of my room uh-huh. because I think it's so cool. And it's like Friday night buffet dinner. And so I know I'm going to bring some people up. Of course, Hef said I could bring them up. So I go in my room and I pump the fog machine really strong. And I want it to be like really foggy because I know it's going to dissipate a little bit by the time I get all the way downstairs and get people like a group of people and get them back up there. So I pump it really hard <laughs> of fog in my room and I walk out and I'm running down the stairs and all of a sudden I hear the fire alarm going off in the mansion and I see people start running from all directions and picking up fire hydrants and running and I already know what it is oh sorry fire extinguisher that is the funniest vision (laughs) but the mansion is such a weird fucking place that sometimes it takes me a second because I almost wouldn't second guess of course they picked up a whole fire hydrant (laughs) (laughs) just ripped it out of the ground And you know what else is weird is I don't remember a smoke detector going off any other time. But in any other house I've lived in, that's kind of a common occurrence. Like you cook something too hard, it like goes off. Yeah. I don't remember ever hearing it go off at the mansion ever, except for this time in my room. And I already know what's happening. So I'm trying to run back to my room because I know what's going to happen. Security's going to bust open my door. <laughs> and then all this, what they think is smoke is going to come out of them. And they're 100% going to think it's on fire oh, in there. No. And I want to tell them, it's wait, it's just my fog machine. <laughs> A good thing sprinklers didn't start going off and shit. Oh, God. I know, right? Oh, my God. Wait, were there sprinklers in the house? I feel like there was. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's weird, too, because I don't even remember, like, batteries dying and smoke detectors. Which maybe I wouldn't because all you do is call downstairs and be like, hey, I need a battery change or whatever. Whereas now if a battery goes off in my house, it's like the bane of my existence. I you know. have to like find a ladder, ask somebody to help, go figure out which one it is because they all kind of sound like they're coming from the same place. It's my yeah. least favorite thing. I know. It sucks. Um, well, I also think that maybe they just changed them out regularly before they even Oh, that makes sense. Chirped. Like had it on a schedule. Yeah, because I don't even remember them chirping. Anyway, they never gave a full reveal 
of my room like really done up like a walkthrough mm. I wanted them to but um but some people got it <laughs> even, though the, so funny. even though the fire alarm went off they do in this episode a weird abrupt cut from you saying expressing your love to everything Halloween straight to the Mrs. Letts story did you notice that? I noticed that there were some weird cuts in here for sure. Yeah. So um, the next scene is just me sitting at the dining room table and I'm showing half the spooky book, which I thought was uh-huh. sort of not interesting enough scene. <laughs> but like this, it's this book and I still have it today and mm-hmm. I still use it. But it's a giant oversized book, but it's not really a book. You open it up and it like has like a witch cackling and like uh-huh. saying a little thing in there. And I'm showing it to Hef, but And I think that they're also trying to show that we have this like shared appreciation yeah. for all things spooky and like Halloween and scary monsters and scary stories and all that kind of stuff. And he was genuinely interested yeah. in this like new prop that I yeah. found and thought was so cute. And then, well, I just have a whole thing in here about us dressing up for Halloween because they cut to the scene of us all dressed up. and Oh, and this is when you talk about Hef and the Devil yeah. thing. And they show me as Marie Antoinette. But can I just say, in case you don't notice in here, like I could never be anything just like cute and pretty. I always had to add like a gore, a gore or a spooky <laughs> element to it. And so my throat is slashed. And I also want to just bring up to Holly let me borrow her purse and it's a cake slice, which was so perfect. Oh, it says eat me because yeah. it's from Trashy Lingerie, so it has to be sexual. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a super cute like slice of cake purse, mm-hmm. which is so perfect with a Marie yeah, Antoinette sure. outfit. And I went home <laughs> recently and I brought a whole giant black garbage bag full of clothes and costumes and artifacts that I thought would be fun to talk about. Why don't we do our slumber party for Patreon this week? We do like a video of you showing me the stuff. Because I don't even know what you got. Don't tell me. I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) But that is one of the things. Okay, cool. I have a little thing for you too at this house that I pulled out of my store. Just not a big deal thing. But something you might want for your scrapbooks. I'm so excited. Kendra's a pirate. And somebody posted this picture online. And somebody wrote a comment on it. This is the most clothes I've ever seen Kendra wear. (laughs) I love the colors of that costume. Yeah. Like the bright blue and the pink. Yeah, I like the colors too. And then I, then this is that weird cut that you're talking about. Yeah, it jumps straight to like the Mrs. Letts story, which we already talked about in our Halloween episode. But long story short, Mrs. Letts, well, the original owners of the mansion were named the Letzes. And the Mrs. Letts legend was that she had thrown herself off the balcony onto the floors of the Great Hall. and Or was died. pushed. Yeah, something like that. We would love to get to the bottom of the story. We heard that Carrie Lee made it up. So maybe you, she wants to tell us. Well, I have a whole crazy little mystery on this here. Because you say that Carrie Lee told Julie McCullough, told you that it wasn't true. The mm-hmm. story that Carrie Lee made it up. And Julie McCullough told you it wasn't true. But then later, Hef is telling it to the medium, but he's telling it like it was true and happened before Carrie Lee even got there. And I'll, I'll talk more about that when yeah. we get to that scene. And then later, well, it gets even more convoluted, but I'm going to wait till we get there because I have it uh-huh. all like kind of scoped out in my notes. But it gets very convoluted about who says what and when and other people are involved in this too that maybe told the story. And I would I would really love to get to the bottom of it. And maybe it's not even Mrs. Letts that was haunting it. It could be anybody. anybody. Yeah. It could be, you know, a lot of things. But I know one thing is clear that the, the mansion had a ton of energy and I definitely had an experience there. You've had experiences there. Yeah. And I know mansion staff have. A lot of other people have. Yeah. Yeah. And there's even other 
people that had, weren't even living there anymore that had stories that have lingered on of things that have happened to them there. And so many people living and now dead have been through that house mm-hmm. where it was very exciting and a lot of energy in there. Yeah. And I just, even people that have stayed in my exact room that are no longer with mm-hmm. us that have had experiences and stuff and may be lingering. Yeah. So I just feel like there's definitely stuff going on there. Oh, for sure. And the graphic they use for Mrs. Letts, which I love that they're doing it because I love that corny shit. But it's kind of like the wrong era. It's very Victorian. And the house was built in the 20s. But I still like the ghost. No, I like it too. Especially since I picture Mrs. Letts being like a prudy old woman. So maybe she was dressing about 30 years outmoded. Well, and then there were several different Mrs. Letts's too, so. Are the Letts's buried at Hollywood forever? Because yes. there's a crypt there that says Letts. I yes. took a picture in front of it when yes. I was just doing my casual graveyard photo shoot a while ago. But It is. When I was doing all my research for the book that I was writing on the ghosts of the mansion back during that time and for my report I was doing on the ghosts there, um, I went and took pictures of it and went and visited their crypt. Yeah. And then... But in interview, too, I'm telling the ghost story of the woman in my doorway. And that had just happened like four months prior. Right. That was a fresh one. Yeah. So I'm super excited to have the story recorded back then, too. Me, too, because I'm so glad that they, not that we actually caught any real ghosts caught on camera on this show, but I'm glad that they documented us telling the stories so closely after they happened. Because I know this happens to you a lot, where if you're talking about your interest in paranormal, people like online will like jump on you and be like oh you're just into it now because it's trendy Mm. oh you're just jumping on but you were really into it back then and the show documents that right I feel like people get so gatekeeper-ish about like paranormal or even about like witchy stuff and I feel like it's because people who are drawn to that kind of thing like we were the outcasts of the world and we felt like that was like our safe space so when you see a lot of other people into it and people you wouldn't expect to be into it into it you get kind of defensive and protective and like I know how the gatekeeper vibe feels because I feel like I get gatekeepery over stuff like I can't think of an example but I just know the feeling I blame it on my Aquarius rising placement (laughs) but it's a big thing like with like paranormal paranormal especially Uh, oh my my god it's crazy and yeah so for the record it's documented that I was doing this and back in and had an interest in it back in in 2005 but it honestly went back way before that so this is just me like showing one little interest I had in it but I'd been yeah. doing it for a long time before that and these things we experienced at the mansion we were talking about it back then it's not something I'm ripping out of my asshole right now because it's trendy right <laughs> and then but when I'm telling the story about it I'm like mm-hmm. Anastasia and I were laying on the bed and they come Cut to a scene of Anastasia and Eileen on my bed from Kendra's birthday party. I'm clearly in the mermaid costume. And I feel like that's such a weird... Like, there's got to be tons of footage of Anastasia and I sitting on my bed talking or laying on my bed talking. Mm -hmm. To grab a scene from that, which is so recognizable, was weird. I feel like when I see that shot, I get a feel. You know the feeling of, like that tired I've been out in the sun all day and I've had a few drinks that's the feel I get from that shot that is what that shot is it's uh-huh. us coming in after a long day out of the sun yeah. having drinks for Kendra's <laughs> birthday and like chilling for a uh-huh. minute and the cameras will not leave you alone so they have to come in and like get every move and it's like I just want to take a nap right yeah, now like, exactly 
Before we get too much further, can I just acknowledge how fucking bummed are we that we never got to do an actual real investigation at the mansion? So bummed. Oh my God. It kills me. I just feel like back then we didn't, we had the interest, but we didn't have the resources or the contacts. And I feel like now we could fucking bring all the right people. For sure. (laughs) We just don't have the house. Right. It's such a bummer. Such a but if the owner is experiencing anything and wants us to come and investigate, so oh we my can gosh. bring a whole A team. I, I feel I feel like it might be doubtful because for a while, like now I get my hair done in Vegas all the time, but for a while I had an LA hairdresser I was seeing regularly. And he told me he does the hair of the guy who owns the mansion. And I'm like, oh, you should ask him if he's like into ghosts. You know, if he's like into that stuff or like if he wants to hear some stories. I never heard back. So no, like, I've <laughs> heard he's so not into the paranormal no. at all. <laughs> Boring. Yeah, but I can't imagine that he's not experiencing things. <laughs> He could just be one of those denial people that are like, oh, must be the old pipes. Oh, it's got to get the exterminators. It's rats again. Yeah. And then I talk about in my commentary here how I went to the Hall of Records. I went to the library. I went to the cemetery. And I couldn't find evidence that a Mrs. Letts died in the house necessarily. Hmm. But But we all know they don't have to die in the house. No. That's what my next note right here says. But just because she didn't die in the house doesn't mean she doesn't haunt it. Yeah, exactly. Then, oh my gosh, and this happens in commentary. And this is weird because you had me falling for it. You tell this big elaborate story. Oh yeah, how she wasn't really pushed. Well, she was, but it was covered up. Yeah, well, no, she, you say she jumped. It was suicide, and the death is being covered up, and her body was burned and put under the gym, and then when they dug up the gym, they found her head, and I'm like, what? But that was just me talking shit. Yeah, and you were joking, but here's the weirdest part about this whole thing. It's in commentary, and I just don't respond. Yeah, nobody responds. It, like, moves on to, oh, I'm making devil hoodies for Blonde Mafia now. That's exactly what I say. I say, oh, I have horned hoodies, sweatshirts coming out for Blonde Mafia mafia and then on top of that i go oh what colors are you doing silence and then i don't answer again they fucking sabot us in the edit yeah and i'm just like what is going on and it doesn't make any sense like why would they sabo that did the legal guy sitting in the other room outside the sound booth be like nope i don't know it's so weird i just think it's really really we bizarre. were censored guys then the next scene is me going to mary's office And And did you notice she has a salt and pepper shaker up on her shelf? (laughs) So random. That's why she doesn't have to call the butlers all the time for it. And you're in there eating. I think you're having breakfast or something. And you're telling us about the paranormal investigator coming. They show, I'm talking about it, and it shows you looking kind of bored and annoyed about it. At least that's the look (laughs) that they try and give you. And then it shows Mary looking somewhat intrigued. And you tell a joke, and you're like, let's get some of them to exercise the cellulite off my ass and it looks like we just full-on ignore you which i'm like i'm waiting for somebody to exercise this cellulite off my ass and mary goes interesting and then goes and i think that's such a funny cut and then in commentary you say you're still waiting for the exorcism of the cellulite and i say i'm in line right behind you so do you feel like you're holding back in this scene because i feel like in this scene you're being very shy and you're not really going into depth talking about paranormal stuff like you usually would yes that's my Next like note. you almost feel like reluctant to tell Mary this. I look really nervous and I look really self-conscious and I look like I just don't even want to be there telling you guys that I'm going to do this. But like obviously I have to set the scene up mm-hmm. and this is how we're doing it. 
But yeah, I feel like I'm being very humble about it and trying to just be like, um, yeah, like and I shy. feel I feel like I can relate to it, and it might be even like why I spotted it because I feel like Hef, as much as he loved Halloween and horror and spooky and stuff. He was very, and he's being a good sport in this episode. He's playing along in the episode. But in real life, anytime we would talk too much about like an actual ghost or the house might actually be haunted, he'd get kind of pissed and shut us down. And I don't really know what that was all about. And I remember you and I even talked about it at the time and we're like, why does Hef get so weird when we bring that up? Like you'd think he would think it was fun because he loves all the Halloween spooky stuff or he loves like funny stories or legends or gossip. So you'd think he would be into it, but he would always kind of get pissed and shut us down if we would talk about it for more than one second and looking back I feel like part of that might be he had this pattern of like kind of shutting me down anytime I would get excited or enthusiastic about things because I feel like that energy was threatening to him for whatever stupid reason but yeah he wasn't into it what I think is interesting is that I don't feel like I was personally shut down by him ever about it. I just feel like it happened when we talked about it together. Yeah. And I know you noticed it because I know we talked about it. But I can feel maybe that's why you were being a little shy as you know this was being recorded for TV. You know Hef's going to see it. You know the whole world is going to see it. And back then people weren't talking about paranormal like they do now. Well, that's what I think the problem is, is that Like you were seen as more lunatic fringe. Yes. (laughs) Back then people legit thought, Maybe you're crazy. Yeah. Or, you know, dabbling in like witchcraft or devil stuff (laughs) kind of thing, you know, and was like very kind of anti back then. And I think that um, I want to do this and I'm excited about the opportunity to do this. And I'm excited that we're doing a whole episode on it and I'm going to make the most of it. But I think that I'm definitely really nervous about it, too, and the way that I'm going to be portrayed and how people are going to think of me after this. Yeah, because we've already seen by the time we're filming this episode, we've seen the first handful of episodes. So we know it's possible to get fucked over. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. So we're, I think we're all treading a little bit lightly. Yeah. Where are they going to go with this? And Mary says, are you guys going to try and find Mrs. Letts? And um, Mary denies that she fell from the balcony. And then she starts telling us a haunt, about a haunted story that happened on Miller Drive. Yeah. She says that Joey Tata, the actor, had to call an investigator to come to his house and Joey Tata was an actor on the original 90210 and I like loved 90210 growing up and I remember I saw Joe he played Nat from the Peach Pit I saw him at the first mansion party I went to and I remember thinking that was so cool (laughs) so I guess Mary tells a story about how he had an investigator come up and they found bones in the yard and you and I are just like awestruck I'm riveted I'm on every word we're like whoa and Mary's like but it was dog bones (laughs) dun 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 Okay, in commentary, Kendra says, Julie says, some girl made up the Mrs. Lett story. And then I say, Joni made up the Mrs. Lett story. Interesting. And then you say, but Carrie Lee. And then Hef actually says he heard the stories before he moved in. And so I'm so so confused. Yeah. I'm so confused. I'm confused too. And for those of you who maybe don't recall the ghost story that happened in my room, the person that I saw in my doorway, I'm pretty sure was Joni. Uh-huh. So very interesting that she possibly made up the ghost story of Mrs. Letts. Yeah, I'm so curious. It's all so convoluted. We need to have people on that can figure this out for us. Speaking of being shy talking about all this kind of stuff, did you ever feel 
like you had to hide parts of who you were at the mansion. Give like, me an example. Just like, I mean, it's a hard example for me to give because when I moved in, I was 22 and very still much a blank slate. So it's not like I really had any spiritual beliefs back then that I was committed to. But I feel like if I had the kind of beliefs I have now back then, like you would never be able to like talk about it in front of Hef because he was just so atheist and not like spiritual at all. Remember how he'd get mad even if we lit a candle and he'd always blow it out? Yeah, he didn't like candles. He'd blow them out. And I remember and these weren't candles for witchcraft purposes. Yeah, these were just, just like a scenty candle. candle. Yeah, he'd make a big show out of blowing it out and say it was stealing oxygen from the room. <laughs> and and I remember right after I moved out, I stopped wearing my bunny necklace. And I had come to Mary's office for something. I think it was still when I was in room five. And I had a cross necklace that my boyfriend at the time had given me. Not because I was like religious or he was super religious. It was just like a lot of people wear cross necklaces. It was just like a diamond necklace. And I remember Hef came up to me and grabbed the necklace and was like made a weird comment about it. And I remember it just felt so weird and icky. Huh. It, it was so weird. So then the next scene, we're having lunch in the dining room. And I remember this being such a busy day. And I was recently looking at our scrapbooks and stuff. And it was a really busy day. We're wearing these like kind of... They're not formal dresses, dresses, but they're kind of formal for ghost hunting. They're tight. They're cleavage out. Yeah, yeah, but it's because those were all three Playboy dresses. And Mm -hmm. we were doing a shoot with Hef earlier in the day in those dresses for something for Playboy or some magazine or something coming out. Yeah, I had to do a double take on that too and remember what we were doing because I'm watching the scene I'm like, why are we in hoe dresses for ghost hunting? Why am I carrying a purse? Which now I know it's because I kept my makeup in the purse because we're doing a photo shoot and I wanted to have touch-ups ready. And like, why is, you know, Kendra walking in in like a tight dress and heels. heels. We're holding heels. Yeah, Yeah. just to like slobber on It was because it was such a busy day that we literally went straight from photo shoot. And I think Kendra was still shooting the photo shoot part of it while we were eating lunch and getting ready for the next scene. Like there wasn't even time to change. Yeah, and that's why we're still eating in the scene is like the lunch break had to kind of be overlapped onto the actual scene. Yeah, which I want to talk about the fact that we were eating too and how they keep bringing it up. But before that, I want to say you're telling me a story about the toilet flushing. Yeah, and I think they they chose to include that story because it just sounds so fucking dumb. Like I just sound like such a dumbass. Like remember the toilet flushed on me once? And I'm like, mm-hmm. But the reason that was spooky is because there was this bathroom on the third floor of the mansion above Hef's room. And this bathroom itself was eerie. I used to hide in that bathroom. Like if I was sick and absolutely needed privacy, I would go up there because nobody ever went to this room and I would like read a book I'd like sit down on the floor because it had like shag carpeting but this shag carpeting even though it was probably from the late 70s early 80s like no one went in this room so it was in effect brand new carpet yeah and it was just a weird eerie room where you walked in and granted the whole mansion is a 70s time capsule but it's worn and this room was not touched and there was even a tray of toiletries on the counter and these toiletries were like old retro bottles from like 1980 with like the 299 price tag on it still and stuff it was like the land that time forgot so I'd be sitting there reading a book like sitting across the room from the toilet and then the toilet would flush by itself at like really odd pointed moments and I'm like is somebody sending me a message from beyond I remember that bathroom and it was creepy like I definitely got a feeling in there it felt like a weird time portal for sure it was And then I think they do a good job framing us as having like three completely different views on the paranormal. Because like you're all in. I'm like, I don't necessarily believe, but I want to believe. And Kendra's like, I don't believe at all. 
Yeah. Stepping stones. Definitely. You know what's odd about me saying I really want to believe but I don't necessarily believe is I know where that was coming from. Like I wanted to see more and like see more evidence before I commit to this. But the odd thing was is I'd already had a handful of really distinct experiences by that time. For sure. I was also though I was more. But you were in denial. In denial and also I I was a lot more of a logical thinker in my early 20s because I feel like I'm still trying to figure out how do I even operate in this world. And as you grow older and you get more used to that, you start asking the bigger questions and being, I don't know, for me, more into spirituality. But yeah, it's just an interesting evolution. I like the scene where they pause you in mid-bite. I know, because I'm looking at you like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I talk about them wanting to investigate my room, which, of course, because that's where our latest thing was. And then it's getting ready for Barry Taft to show up. Yeah, we are ready for the arrival of the ghost hunters. And how did they find Barry Taft, do you know? And who was Barry? Tell us tell Yes, us who Barry I'm going to talk all about Barry because, um, so I did not know a paranormal investigator at that time. I was going to pick somebody from maybe one of my classes because mm-hmm. I was taking paranormal investigating classes. That was the closest person that I knew. Yeah. And then... Uh, Kevin somehow knew Barry and was like, what if I could get Barry Taff? And I'm like, um, yeah, that would be exciting. And he was able to pull that off. And um, I felt like they really make him look like the nutty professor. They do. Like they make both of those guys look so goofy. At one point in commentary, I call them Mutt and Jeff, which I don't, I have to look up who Mutt and Jeff is. I don't really know. But I think I'm calling them that because I think Kevin and Hef were laughing at them watching the rough cuts. Like, oh, haha, they're like Mutt and Jeff. Like they're this corny, like comedy duo mismatched duo yeah and I mean it was really funny for the show but just so you guys know Barry was legit and he was an OG investigator and or is I should should say (laughs) it was so here's his little bio I wrote it down Dr. Barry Taff holds a doctorate in psychophysiology with a minor in biomedical engineering he is a world-renowned parapsychologist who worked out of UCLA's former parapsychology laboratory from 1969 to 1978 throughout his over 50-year career, he has investigated thousands of ghosts cases and conducted extensive studies in telepathy and precognition a 1974 case gained him international fame and it has turned into a book and a film that you may recognize called the entity and he's also done episodes with of ghost adventures with zach oh he went to the demon house and it put him in the hospital yes and barry has a book out in case you're interested it's called aliens above and ghosts below although it's written it's printed in like eight point font I'm reading it right now. Whoa. (laughs) I'm like, who chose this font? Whoa. It's not a satisfying font size, Barry. But you know what's weird? What? In commentary, the day we were driving to commentary to go to the like sound studio mm-hmm. to do this, we say that we we stopped at Kinko's beforehand. Because back then you used to have to go to Kinko's for fucking everything. And we ran into Barry that morning. Which is the most random coincidence. LA is not a city where you run into people. So anytime you run into people, it's extra weird. Yeah, it's really weird. And you know what's also tripping me out about this? What? So... I have since had Paul, who's the guy that comes with him Mm -hmm. on this, Paul Clemens, on my Ghost Magnet show. Uh I've had Barry on too, for the record. But I had Paul come on, and Paul was telling me a ghost story about a very haunted Kinko's in L.A. What? And I'm wondering, yeah, so this is all like so weird in my head right now. because of a haunted Kinko's? Well, there's a haunted Kinko's in L.A., and it's really haunted. Okay, we need to figure this out. I know which one it is. I just told him I wouldn't say which one it is on, on... Was it the one we went to? 
I'm thinking it probably was. Oh my god! But was I don't Barry know for investigating sure. that day. I don't think or so. Getting but a maybe. copies. I think he was getting copies, <laughs> but I don't know. I I don't think we asked him what he was doing there. Oh my god. Okay, so the next scene is them driving up, and it's so dramatic. I love how corny this drive-up is. Like, you guys were trying to do this ghost investigation at the house, but this is before, like, ghost shows, so this is not the format. This is, like, Scooby-Doo, corny as fuck. Love. They're showing the car drive up with, like, dramatic music. They're having, like, Barry and Paul, like, fade in and out of the screen, like, as if they're the ghosts. And you don't see their faces at all at first. Yeah, and they're using... as. As they walk up to the door, they're using Unsolved Mysteries theme song sound-alike music, which I'm obsessed with because growing up, I loved Unsolved Mysteries. The Me first too. time I ever watched it, my family and I were on vacation and the power went out in the hotel in the middle of the Unsolved Mysteries episode. And I thought that was the scariest thing ever. And Unsolved Mysteries is usually about like disappearances or crimes and things like that. But every once in a while, they'd have a ghost one. Yeah. Like the Queen Mary or the Brookdale Inn. And that was just like the best thing I ever saw in TV as yeah. a kid. <laughs> and it happens to be raining on this day, which is kind of crazy too. Yeah, and you know it's raining because there's like a stand full of umbrellas by the door. And I forgot they used to do that. Like if it rained, somebody would put out this stand of umbrellas that anybody could grab yeah. going out the front door. Well, and his car's all raindrops and the, the yeah. ground's all wet. So I was like, wow, it's actually raining on that day. That was sort of a weird thing. So I, and this is funny because I answered the door. So it's all that spooky music like that mm-hmm. then I answer the door and I don't know if you notice but the music immediately changes to like super upbeat and quirky <laughs> and <laughs> silly <laughs> it's not the banjo <laughs> but it is like super like scooby-doo music Tone change yeah. yeah everything changes and then I tell him I'm gonna bring you into the dining room because we're just finishing our lunch and then we get into the dining room and I'm like yeah so we're just finishing our lunch and I'm so curious like on one hand I just feel like oh it's just an editing error why mm-hmm. I say it twice in here but then I remember something you were saying well when we started doing this show nothing in this show is a mistake everything is in there for a reason yeah everything has a purpose yeah and I started thinking what was the purpose of having me say that twice well at first I didn't notice that until you pointed it out and then when I watched it I was like oh because they're making you the food person again like you're abnormally preoccupied with food like Oh, we're just finishing up lunch. Okay, we're getting started, but we're going to finish our lunch. Yeah, like, let me finish like lunch this lunch. is number one. Yeah, I know which, you guys just got here, but let me finish my lunch. Which, don't get me wrong, oftentimes I feel like lunch is number one. <laughs> it but, but I do feel like that's why it was like the double. Yeah, I did not figure that out on my own, but I think you're probably right. Because that becomes a theme even more so later on. Yeah, which in this episode, it's nothing. It's just kind of like cute, but it turns into a more bothersome theme later on for yeah. just different reasons. So I'm being very bratty and whiny and demanding that I want ghosts to appear to me and they only appear to you. <laughs> and he says, well, there may be a reason for that. So let's find out. But we're going to have to save the rest of this for next week because we just are talking our asses off about ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> There's no better thing to do. It's my favorite. I know. So if y'all want more content, feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys.